good morning. Let's try that one more time for a little more uh, call and response for all who are able uh, in person and on Zoom. Good morning, Fourth Universalist. There we go, there we go. It's a joy to be with you all uh, in this service and this time of shared space and reflection. Uh, it truly is a joy. I want to extend uh, deep uh, thanksgiving and gratitude to all who are assembled here, uh, the senior staff at Fourth Universalist, uh, to a dear friend and, and colleague in uh, Reverend Vogel. Uh, and I would request you all's um, shared uh, attention as we journey through consideration of this theme, uh, putting trouble to good use. Uh, I'll read the verses that you've heard uh, and you're hearing briefly um, from a slightly different rendering, uh, and then we'll hop right into it. Does that sound all right to everyone? All right. It reads, how frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble? We blossom like a flower and then wither. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. Life, fourth universalist, contains its share of trouble. Some troubles are generated by injustice, bigotry, and bias whose causes we can identify and redress. But some trouble is far stickier and far harder to address. And try as we might to avoid them and to create workarounds, life somehow sends its share of trouble our way. We can't positive think our way beyond trouble. We can't pray our way out of trouble. We can't educate our way past trouble. Try as we might to avoid it, that haunting, hunting voice described in the passage you just heard, somehow it endures. How frail is humanity, how full of trouble. This spring, Fourth Universalist, we have witnessed troubles. As recently as this past week, uh, our economy was troubled by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest bank to go under in US history. Have you seen that in your newspaper and on your timelines? Trouble has a way of coming uninvited, unannounced. Trouble has a way of showing up on our doorstep. Trouble has a way of showing up in our text message thread, in our group chat. Trouble has a way of coming into our inboxes. Trouble is something many of us may have experienced locally in consideration of an executive mayoral budget that prioritizes investments in police over investments in public goods like education, healthcare, and equitable economic development. It may also be fourth universalist. Are you with me this morning? That we've experienced trouble personally through aches in our bodies and pain in our heart, misunderstanding in relationships. This is the kind of trouble that we just lifted up during the time of joys and concerns. Maybe you've experienced trouble in the conditions of your interior life. Trouble that, that, that meditation and silence, that, that prayer, that a walk, that an extended detour and whatever helps to center and quiet you when it doesn't quite yield the results that you want, it can cause some trouble. According to Job, trouble is inherent in life. We can't manifest, we can't 
uh, self-improve our way out of trouble. Some version of trouble always exists as an inescapable brute fact of life. We can abolish some forms of trouble, but we cannot categorically abolish trouble itself. And if we acknowledge that trouble in some ways is a given, a problem then arises. What, what value can we pull from trouble? How do we make good use out of trouble? I don't know about you, but if trouble is going to be here, we might as well put it to work. We might as well squeeze some lemon, uh, squeeze some lemonade, as the often invoked saying goes, out of the lemons that we endure. We might as well make trouble, uh, good trouble, where we can. In addition to, to John Lewis, I'm reminded that uh, Bayard Rustin said, in every generation, there ought to be some angelic troublemaking. There's a kind of trouble that we can make, but there's also the sort of curation of wisdom for the living of these days when we bump up against troubles that are not easily defeated. If you'll lend me your ears for just a little while longer, I just want to make three brief and hopefully constructive suggestions about trouble. The first thing that we can do to put trouble to good use is to enable it, is to let it rather help build our survival spirit. Trouble can build our determination to survive whatever this unwell society tosses our way. And this is important because trouble, as we considered earlier, uh, is not always susceptible to malleability. Trouble is not always something that we can uh, move and adjust according to our will, according to our purposes, according to our strategic plans, according to our intended outcomes. Trouble is not always something that we can mold and move and maneuver. Are you with me this morning? I'm, I'm not counseling fatalism, uh, but rather I'm suggesting the gentle forging of an indomitable spirit. We couldn't immediately defeat the pandemic. We had to survive it. We can't immediately defeat grief. We have to survive it. When trouble can't be removed, it, it has to be endured. And I'm reminded by those profound phrases of that great prophet Gloria Gaynor who said, I will survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. Soft yet stubborn firm yet flexible. A survival spirit is what black church wisdom means by the saying, trouble don't last always. The saga of Job implies that trouble can cultivate a survival spirit. What, what else could Job be after when he says in chapter 2 verse 10, after losing virtually everything, shall we receive the good at the hand of God and not the bad? By naming the good and bad in relation to God, Job's faith survives the bitterness of trouble. Now, now the point here isn't so much accepting Job's theology about divine causation. I, I have some questions there, as I suspect some of you may. But, but the point is that instead of permitting trouble to pull him down into misery, his faith, his, his will to survive and endure rises up into a kind of holy mystery. Instead of sinking into either pessimism or denying reality, he instead confronts trouble 
in that sacred combination of faith and reason, of spirit and logic that we call paradox. You might call it irony, you might call it polarity thinking, you might call it a tolerance for cognitive dissonance, but, but what it amounts to is enabling trouble to serve as a spur and a stimulus to help us uh, invent new ways of surviving, even when the old formulas and the old scripts and the old blueprints and the old orthodoxies and the old uh, working papers, as Howard Washington Thurman used to call it, there comes a time when trouble forces us to let go and to hold on to our will to survive. Fourth Universalist, I want you to know that you, that we can survive trouble by inhaling and exhaling, calming our nerves with the trusted and tested practice of breathing slowly and breathing powerfully. You, you can survive trouble by entering into silence with siblings that want to support you in suffering rather than prescribe precepts that often are impertinent to what it is we're experiencing. Has anybody ever heard someone who meant well, but what they said didn't sit so well? Job's friends helped to undergird the survival spirit. They, they got it right in chapter two before they messed it up in the rest of the saga. When they came, surrounded him, and sat with him in silence. Sometimes suffering in silence and a ministry of presence helps us to go on just a little while longer. We, we are able, fourth universalists, to survive trouble if we see it as an opportunity to uh, forge an indomitable spirit that helps us to lean into new ways of being inventive, new ways of being innovative, new ways of tapping into the interior regions of our hearts. And in our trouble, when we find Job walking down these quarters of trouble, we not only see that it helps to build a survival spirit, uh, but trouble also, secondly, provides a way of cultivating wisdom. In the saga of Job, uh, he has lost livestock by chapter 14, lost family members, and lost a sense of normal. It's, it's a bleak, desolate picture uh, fit for Sartre, Camus, and all the existentialists. It's a uh, dispiriting portrait that we see in the life of Job. His merits is strained. His friends are aloof. They were helpful in the second chapter, but by the 14th chapter, they, they don't quite have uh, a way of being uh, agreeable companions. They are instead scolds and cranks and uh, those who are essentially know-it-alls. It's, it, it's bleak for Job. And I, I wonder, if you'll wonder with me what Job takes away from trouble. And fourth universalist, I happened to stumble across uh, Job's notebook uh, on my way to uh, this uh, gathering today. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share with you a few of the notes that I found from Job. Do I have your permission and consent to share what I heard from Brother Job along the way? Uh, all right, that sounds like I have uh, this side of the room's permission, but not everybody's permission. And because consent is a consecrated thing, I need everybody's permission. Can I just share with you what I found from Brother Job? His notes say, mortal that is born of woman is few of days full of trouble. The notes say that we come up like a flower and wither. 
We flee like a shadow and do not last. Job is essentially saying that everyone is short on time, but long on trouble. I have another uh, prophet for you, uh, this time Marvin Gaye, who said there's only three things that are for sure, death, taxes, and trouble. Job is an antecedent of Marvin when he shares this wisdom. What, what, what might these puzzling verses mean for us when we try to parse through their significance for today? Uh, I want to just place beside uh, Job 14, uh, Psalm 90, which says, Teach us to count our days, Lord, that we might gain a wise heart. The fourth universalist, Job's life's lesson in trouble is that we can cultivate and curate a sense of wisdom during our life's journey. We don't have to move through the agony and the angst of trouble without walking away from the ordeal with a little more insight and with a little more enlightenment. Wisdom is something we can hew out of the stone of trouble, to borrow a phrase from Martin Luther King Jr., and we can hew it out at every age and stage, at every standing and stanza of life. There's wisdom for teenage trouble, for young adult trouble, for uh, middle-aged trouble, for the troubles of elders. Wisdom is always a communal property that is shared, that is held in concert, that we can pull from trouble. And if our lives are marked by brevity, as Job maintains, let them also be marked by wisdom. One way that our brief lives can foster wisdom is by deciding that our brevity will foster bravery. If, if I'm not going to be here forever, and if we're not going to be here forever, uh, how about we resolve inwardly? How about we determine uh, unwavering to live boldly and to live bravely? In trouble, we can choose to make our inevitable journey from cradle to casket with the spirit of courage and of chutzpah. In trouble, we can learn the wisdom of fire, that inner candle that lights a permanent passion for justice. Trouble, fourth universalist, is generally unpleasant, sometimes grossly unjust, but that strange classroom my soul is a witness. That strange classroom of trouble that nobody asked for that curricula to be laid before you. Nevertheless, trouble can be a giver of wisdom if we wrestle and tussle with it long enough. I don't know about you, but I tend to prefer my lessons without pain and without stress. Thank you very much. Uh, but if we trudge through the fire and the flood, we can extract some know-how. We can, we, we can piece together. Sometimes all you can do is piece together by fragments and bricolage, some actionable grasp on the way of the world. If life, as the great bard Langston Hughes once said, is not going to be a crystal stair, then let us at least saunter and stroll through the staircase of trouble with the high, holy intention to grab just a little bit of wisdom as we hold on trudging our way up the staircase. Trouble can help us build a survival spirit. Trouble, secondly, can help us to develop a sense of wisdom. But thirdly and finally, trouble can give us a bias for beauty. Fourth Universalist, trouble can help us to develop our sense of aesthetic autonomy. It can, it can help us to build a tilt 
towards that which is tremendous and transcendent, that which is beautiful. Each of us has the ability, in other words. Each of us has the inner autonomy, uh, and I hope even the audacity to label something beautiful even when others uh, may not fully appreciate what it is that's happening on the inside of us. This is, after all, uh, the 50th anniversary of hip hop, that beautiful art form created in the Sedgwick Community Center in the Bronx. And what a case study uh, that an art form once mislabeled by some as nothing more than noisy boom boxes, the poetry of deviance and worse, is now enjoyed by most as a unique cultural creation of beauty, forged during a troubled decade of landlords torching buildings, music funding cut in the schools, and the advent of neoliberalism in New York. But in the fullness of time, Bronx-born bards writing their lyrics on Mead notebooks help us to appreciate a bias for beauty even in the theater of trouble. Consider the text of Job 14 verses one through two. At, at, at first blush, our gaze and our analytic attention focuses on the brevity of life, the certainty of death, the withering away. But that's not all that's in the text. If you look closely, you'll see that our lives are compared to the blossoming of flowers, death and decay, but also flowers, trouble on every side, but also dandelions and roses and tulips. Frustration up to here, but also breathtaking beauty as well. W.E.B. Du Bois in his iconic essay collection, Dark Water, uh, which I'd argue, just to be generously provocative, is a better essay collection than The Souls of Black Folk, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to, to toss that in there. Uh, in Darkwater, Du Bois once commented on this very theme of a bias for beauty. He argues, quote, the beauty of this world is not to be denied. Grant all its ugliness and sin, the petty, horrible snarl of its putrid threads, which few have seen more near or more often than I, notwithstanding all this, the beauty of the world is not to be denied. Fourth Universalist, as I take my seat, may we all put trouble to good use, letting it foster and forge within us a survival spirit, the courage to curate wisdom as we go through adversity and the angst and the agony of life. And then perhaps above all, may we allow the troubles and the tumult and the turmoil of life help us to tilt toward that which is beautiful and within reach. Mm -hmm.